This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Top of the hour here on the Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger. Kate Constable sitting in for Jake today. We've got a jam-packed hour in store if you stick with us, starting with some ACC basketball talk with Joel Berry, uh, a former most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament, a national champion. So we'll get his read on some of these ACC schools possibly contending for a national championship this year, followed by our read on tonight's NBA action. Uh, some big games in the association, including uh, I think my favorite bet in the Bucks and the T-Wolves game. We will get to that later on in the show. Uh, Kate, do you have a favorite March Madness moment that you look back to and you're like, wow, that was a great tournament because we've talked about this. Like both of our schools don't have like a rich history in the tournament, but even if it wasn't your school, is there a tournament specifically that you remember that is one of your fondest memories? I hate these types of questions, Chelsea, because like in the moment I'm like totally locked in, but looking back and trying to remember what happened year in and year out, I can't, I can't do it. So, I mean, I would say the, um, the Jalen Suggs shot to send Gonzaga to the finals in the final. That was, this was just like a couple of years ago. That was fantastic. And then the Baylor win over the Zags in the finals that later, I mean, the next game, um, that Mm -hmm. was a huge win because first championship for Baylor and I have a ton of family that went to Baylor. So that was a, a big win for us. And that was, I believe that Gonzaga was undefeated on the season. So that was to have a perfect season for them and they lose that final game. Um, so that was a, a memorable one. I don't know if I would say that was my favorite one, but also I can't really think of my favorite one right now. So that's the best that you're going to get from me. Well, we have had some really memorable finishes uh, in March Madness. And I think of the one where Virginia won because like I went to an oh, ACC yeah. school. So like I root for ACC schools and Virginia had that great shot at the buzzer. Uh, it was a great team. And I feel like that is one of my favorite ones. And of course I went to NC state. So you've got to remember the Jimmy V years, although I was not born yet. Didn't get to experience that one, but we've got to ask Joel Barry about this because he has won a national championship. Uh, he is now an ACC network basketball analyst scored over 1800 points in his UNC career two-time NCAA All-Tournament team, two-time All-ACC. So, Joel, neither of us have ever lived the the moment of greatness of winning a national championship. Have you had any other experience in life that was, like, this magical? Like, I can't even think of how it felt. Do you remember how you were feeling, like, that very moment? 
Um, yes, I was very excited. The only reason why was because, well, obviously we won, but prior mm -hmm. that last year, I thought you guys were getting ready to mention Villanova this morning. And I was like, I didn't come on to hear Villanova. Man. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing that. That's why I don't like March Madness right now. But, uh, you know, that, after that shot from that previous year, we just wanted to get back and win it. And it's not easy at all. Um, and so that was just icing on the cake, being able to get back to the NCAA, uh, uh, the championship, and actually win it. So um, I still mm -hmm. remember just, you know, the confetti, uh, my parents being there, uh, being there with my teammates. And it was a lot of a lot of crying and a lot of emotions because it was hard work to get back to that moment. Yeah, Joel, you're lucky I have a bad memory when it comes to this stuff because I didn't even think of that Villanova shot uh, <laughs> against you guys. So we won't talk about that. Um, obviously, you went to UNC. UNC is having a great season this year. They're top of the ACC. When you look at the, the roster and the makeup and the characteristics of that team, do they have what it takes to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament this season? They do have what it takes. You look at the makeup of their team. Uh, they brought in really two really good transfers in Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram, veteran guys. And when you talk about the uh, college basketball, you want to have veteran teams. Um, and these guys came right in and they fit right into what Coach Davis and Carolina wanted to do. Um, and then you look at the way that they've won games. Um, they've won by playing defense. But they can also win by scoring 100 points. And the game that comes to mind is Tennessee, as Tennessee mm -hmm. was the fourth-ranked defense in the country at the moment. And they they hung 100 on their heads. So um, when you look at the makeup of this team, going through the NCAA tournament, you have to win in different ways because sometimes the ball won't go in the basket. You have to be able to play defense. If you can't play defense, you have to be able to play offense and, and score the ball and so this team can win in many different ways, and that's what makes them very successful. Yeah, it does feel like UNC certainly has that extremely top-end potential, but what do you mm -hmm. think the sabotage factor is for this Carolina team? Um, you know, I think at, at sometimes, you know, if they if they can't score the ball and their defense isn't there, um, it's just human nature. You know, you don't score the ball, it affects your defense. And if the defense isn't there, then they run into – they run into some hard times to be able to get uh, get some wins. And um, they've had a lot of wins, obviously, but in some of those games where they've uh, they've lost, it has been a lack of, uh, of defensive intensity. So I think if there's one thing that um, that hurts this team in the NCAA, it would be if they can't make shots and it affects their defense, that could be that could be detrimental for them. The ACC feels like they're one of the conferences that's a little bit more top-heavy than some of the others. I mean, the Big 12 is is pretty deep, but ACC, you have North Carolina on top, Duke on top, Virginia, Wake Forest has been better this season. Uh, realistically, how many ACC teams do you think uh, earn spots in the Big Dance this year? Well, when you look at the ACC versus the Big 12, the Big 12, if you look at what they did in the non-conference it was really, it was really pretty lousy because they've. They, if you look at their net non-conference um, schedule, strength of schedule, it's like in the from the ranges from the two hundred forties to two hundred seventy-five. Um, so they really just beat up on teams, and that ended up really ended up having them be quad one opportunities and a lot of quad one opportunities. When I look at the ACC, it's 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 strong uh, top to bottom. 
Um, and I realistically think that six teams can get in. Carolina, Virginia, Wake Forest, Duke, Pitt can be in there. And you can also throw a Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech, they don't have any bad losses. It's just that against really good uh, quality win, uh, teams, they haven't had any wins. So um, that's where they fall into trouble. Uh, if it was me, I want to see six teams get in because I really do think it's uh, those six teams are really good and could make some noise in the NCAA tournament. But obviously we go by the net um, and that's just one tool. But, uh, you know, as the net and those quality wins, some of those teams just don't have those quality wins that the that the committee is looking for. Yeah, we're talking with Joel Berry, the second ACC Network basketball analyst and former NCAA champ. I think a lot of people nationally look at the ACC and they think about UNC and Duke, but usually yeah. there are a few other teams that are really solid that maybe don't get the hype that, you know, Carolina and Duke gets. What's that team this year that is really quality that people should know about? Yeah, I think a team that's really quality is Pittsburgh. Uh, you look at this team, they, in the non-conference, they, they didn't have a quality win that you're looking for. But when you look up the, at the makeup of this team, the eye test, as we all talk about, they have it. They have really two. They have two really good backcourt players in Bub Carrington and uh, Jalen Lowe, who were freshmen. Now they've they've matured throughout the season and they've gotten better. Um, and they have a guy in Blake Henson who uh, is playing as hot as anyone in the country right now. Um, and so you look at the makeup of this team and they have what it takes to be able to compete in the NCAA tournament. And that's a team that uh, no one was looking for. And now they've all of a sudden woken up the country um, and they've been playing really well here at the end of the season. And that's what you want to look for as you go into your uh, conference tournaments in the NCAA tournament. Joel, Virginia's coming off of a terrible loss to Virginia Tech the other night. I mean, they just got the doors blown off of them. Now they're back at home and they host UNC on Saturday. This is a spot that, or a place rather, that UNC has not won in, in quite some time. I believe it's been since 2012 that they haven't won at the Paul uh, John Paul Jones Arena. How do you see this game playing out uh, on Saturday between UNC and Virginia? Yeah, just to put it in context, I was still in high school. Uh, I was a sophomore wow. in high school. So it's been, yeah, it's been a long time. Now I got a, I got a wife and two kids and I'm not even playing basketball anymore. So it's crazy <laughs> how long <laughs> it has been since they won there. But, um, but yeah, I, it, it's hard to win in JPJ just because uh, Virginia's defense, one, is very suffocating. And they can mm -hmm. lull you into – uh, stretches where you're not scoring the ball. And that's just what they do because of the lack of possessions that you have in a game. Um, and you can get uh, you can get lulled into thinking that you need to get all those points back in one possession and it, and it snowballs. And next thing you know, you're down by 10 points, which really seems like 20 because you don't have that many possessions. But uh, Carolina is a different team this year. They can score the ball. And I think that'll be the difference for Virginia um, is that they will have to be able to put some points on the board because Carolina can outscore teams. And I know Virginia has a really good defense, but when you have a very talented offense that can score in many ways, they're, they're eventually going to score the ball at a good pace. So for Virginia, because of the lack of scoring that they have at times, they will need to be able to score the ball unless that, you know, winning since 2012 uh, will change on Saturday if that's not the case. <laughs> All right, so you've been a part of a national title team. 
And as we are looking for candidates of teams that we think can win it all, what's the recipe there? What do these teams have in common? Like a lot of people talk about guard play. They talk about having a good defense that can travel playing good away from home. What do you think are the components of a team that can truly win it all? See, I'm I'm very biased uh, with that because I'm a guard. I love guards. I feel like you have to have guard play um, mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. And y'all mentioned two teams that had guard play in Baylor and Gonzaga. They had very, very good guard play. And that's what you want to do. There are times where you just need to put the ball in someone's hand and say, hey, go get us a basket. Go get go get us a bucket. We need to turn something around. Um, I think that's that's very important. But honestly, uh, the thing that stands out to me that our that my team had that uh, kind of goes up under the radar is just a group of guys that love playing with one another and that don't care about who uh, is is leading the leading scorer, who gets the glory. You just have one thing in common: you want to win. Um, and I think the team that has that. Uh, and it's keeping that goal in mind will be the one that uh, that that hang, or puts up the trophy at the end of the season. But for me, I think you really do have to have guard play and you have to have offensive uh, shot making ability to be able to navigate throughout the NCAA. And you can sprinkle a little uh, defense in there, too, with Virginia making it and winning it. So <laughs> which uh, teams this season and across the country, not just in the ACC. Do you see that have those characteristics and that you think are viable candidates to win the title? It's crazy because the NCAA came out with the top 16. And I just feel like since then, those teams that were in the top 16 have struggled. UConn uh, blasted, Mm -hmm. you know, blasted, uh, I believe it was Creighton. I might, I might be getting that wrong, but and then, Yeah. yeah. And then they come back and lose you know, the next game. Um, but when you look at that UConn team, they are so good. Uh, Dan Hurley has that team playing uh, really good right now. Um, just the way that their offense is, they run so many different sets. Uh, they have really good guard play uh, with Tristan Newton and Cam Spencer. Uh, those guys are unbelievable. Um, so that's a really good team. I saw Houston play the other day. I do not. I would not want to play those guys because they play hard every single possession. It's like one of those. It's like going out on the outside court and playing pickup, and no one's calling fouls, and you just got to deal with it. You know, that's the type of team they are. Um, and I think they ha- both of those teams have a really good chance of of getting um, to the uh, to the final four and winning it. Um, so you look at those are the two teams that come to mind that I've been paying attention to. But obviously, Marquette is really good with Tyler Kolick. Um, I love watching him play uh, just a m- masterful with the ball, can get it to anyone on the court. Um, they have a chance as well. Uh, I feel like this year, more than ever, I don't feel comfortable with picking like certain schools because I just feel like the parity in basketball right now is at an all-time high with the transfer portal. Yeah, it's definitely a different world. Excuse me. But also, I feel like the format of March Madness, it's one of the toughest national championships, I think, to predict. It is. Uh, Great (laughs) stuff from Joel Berry II, (laughs) ACC Network basketball analyst and a former national champion and most outstanding player of the 2017 NCAA tournament. We don't always get to talk uh, to somebody who knows this stuff like uh, Joel. So 
Thank you for your time this morning. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me and go Hills. Oh, I went to NC State. Don't love that, (laughs) but we will take it. (laughs) Taking one for the team, for the show. Uh, But really interesting stuff to hear from a former player because we can do all the research that we want, but that kind of insight, it feels really impactful and something that I don't have. So we appreciate him stopping by. Next up on the show, back to betting. Uh, We adore bets in the association tonight. Best bets in the NBA coming your way next on The Daily Tip. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to The Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back. It is a Friday. Thanks for tuning in. In a few minutes, we'll get to the NBA Friday night slate, including some big matchups in the West, or I guess these are two teams that are from different conferences. The Bucks and the T-Wolves is the game that I am targeting specifically, but some other games on the schedule you might want to throw some dollar bills at. We've been talking about how petty Kevin Durant is and how he was getting it from fans of the game last night. And how he went over and, you know, looked at them in their eyes and then they tried to backpedal. But KD, bless his heart, has been getting it from all angles. Over the weekend, it was Charles Barkley, you know, criticizing his quote-unquote leadership skills. Do you think this is a fair criticism? Like, when it comes from a former player, like, Charles Barkley clearly has his credentials. But I also think, unless you have played on a team with somebody, and unless you are in the locker room... I feel like it's really tough to make these type of remarks. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm totally with you here. I mean, Kevin Durant, it's one thing if his players on his team were coming out and being like, yeah, he's really not that great of a leader. Like he's not the, we haven't heard that. It's literally just people outside of the organizations that he plays for. It's people in the media that want to come out and say, he's not a great leader. I mean, when he got to Phoenix, like all the reports were he's quiet but he just wants to hoop. He's just in the gym all the time. And mm-hmm. so there's that level of, you know, lead by example. And we don't know what the, these players are saying after games when they lose. I mean, Kevin Durant took um, accountability last night after not having a great performance. And so I, I would imagine if he weren't a good leader, we would hear more from other players in the league that kind of back up those sentiments and we just don't hear it it's all just outside noise he's not your stereotypical super vocal leader like some players are but maybe he doesn't have to be like not everyone is 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 going to be that way and you I think you can still be successful and still be a star player in this league without having that like outwardly vocal leadership there are other ways to lead yeah look at Kawhi Leonard like I don't think I've ever (laughs) seen somebody say like Kawhi Leonard, what a leader. He's so vocal. No, he feels like a robot, but yet he's probably one of the best like mercenaries in the game. You bring him in, uh, he's going to give you that upper level playing. And you saw what he did with the Toronto Raptors. So I do feel like it's a bit of an unfair narrative. Again, like until we hear it from somebody who's been on the team, maybe I'm wrong here, Mm -hmm. but I tend to side with KD here. 
I tend mm -hmm. to think that, do you think that he had this personality before he was in the NBA? Or do you think all of the criticism and the memes and the feedback has made him this way to where he's, he's a little sarcastic. I'm trying to think of the word. Like he's almost similar to Aaron Rodgers, where he's like prickly, like that type yeah. of personality. Do you think he was like this originally? Or do you think it's simply because of the way he's been treated? I think it's uh, the way he's been treated has molded him a little bit, but I think Kevin yeah. Durant's kind of funny. Like he's, he's quick witted and like, he can mm -hmm. come back at you with, with some funny things. And so that's something that like, either you have that aspect to your personality or you don't. Um, maybe we just didn't see that like in his Texas days. I wasn't following him super closely when he was at Texas, but maybe he was that way. And also like, as you become a bigger celebrity or a bigger name, like you have more of a leash to do those types of things. So maybe he knows kind of like what's going to happen to him nowadays. If he chirps back at fans, like, Probably not a whole lot, whereas he was still an up-and-coming player. Um, I mean, very, very good at Texas, but he wasn't, like, he didn't have the um, the leash the to, following. Be able to do those types of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's like when you start a new job, you're not going to go to your boss and be, like, cracking jokes right away, but four years down the road, you probably have a little bit more, like, confidence in doing something like that. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely an interesting character in the NBA. And that's what makes the NBA, I think... I'm not going to say more interesting, but I do think it's part of the fabric of why people like the NBA. Did you see mm -hmm. the quote from JJ Redick complaining about none of these fans want to be educated? I posted a long form video on like the application of Zion Williamson and the Pelicans offense, and it only got 54,000 views. First take, it's like 2 million viewers. Do you think fans like the drama aspect of the NBA? I honestly feel like it's part of why like people are fans of the NBA because of the personalities. Oh, for sure. I mean, people like drama. They like, I mean, it's all about the mm -hmm. tea these days. Like everyone wants to get in on that and feel like they're part of the inner circle by being a part of the drama or at least following it. So of course, stuff like that is going to get more clicks and more likes and engagement yeah. than breaking down the Pelicans offense. That's just kind of the nature of our society these days, the nature of social media. You look at some of the uh, most popular shows outside of sports i don't watch housewives because i don't like to hear people like screaming at me while i'm watching tv but that show's completely based all on drama like that's what people crave and love so of course i mean i get jj reddick like as an analyst you want the analyst part of your work to be what shines the most but that's just not the reality 
with where our society is at. Everyone wants drama. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Everyone wants to to hear about it. So of course that stuff is getting the most engagement on on the internet. Yeah, and plus like not everybody can relate to high level basketball analysis. Yeah. Like I think this is where, you know, it's not his fault, but like every NBA fan is not going to know what he's talking about. Like you have to right. kind of water it down to apply to more people. Like there is a place for high level analysis. Just know that it's not going to reach as many people as like the baseline stuff is. Like, you know, when you're talking in a sports bar, if you are talking about the NFL and you're talking about quarterbacks, everybody's probably going to have an opinion. But then when you start getting to like the offensive line, you're like, whoa, you know, Trent Williams, he's been incredible for the 49ers. That's when the conversation stops. So I feel like it's just a matter of more people can interact with the more casual conversations. Yeah, the casual fan can get in on it. They don't have to know the mm -hmm. ins and outs of what's going on within different teams' offenses and stat-wise and efficiencies. It's just the the overall aspect of the game that everyone can talk about. So, of course, that's going to be the more popular um, conversation starter among casual fans. Yeah, uh, I've met J.J. Redick once. He was not as tall as I thought he was going to be. <laughs> I met him and Chris Paul when they were staying in Houston. I think they were playing for the Clippers uh back then but nice guy posed for a picture he was you know as nice as you could imagine all right so yes. let's get to some of the games on tonight's slate in the nba and let's start in philadelphia sixers and Cavs squaring off uh cleveland land three and a half total of 228 and a half it feels like a risky venture betting on the sixers these days without joel and b this is a team kind of in flux thought maybe buddy heels would be a good pickup but still Definitely not the presence that Joel Embiid brings, but both of these teams coming off the back-to-back. -back. Kate, is there a side or a total you like? Yeah, I like Cleveland in this one. They're the team that had to travel on um, the back-to-back, -back, and that's never easy, uh, especially coming out of the All-Star break where you had a couple days off. But, I mean, the Cavs' defense is so good, um, and they've been, you know, won three of their last four games. Their loss last night to Orlando, a little funky, but Donovan Mitchell was um, listed as out right before the game. He had an illness, couldn't go. I think I would imagine he can probably uh, will play tonight. And the Sixers offense is just bad without Joel Embiid. Things just get stagnant. They don't have like an inside out game uh, as much as they do when Embiid is, is in. And so I feel like they're going to struggle, especially against, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, the two twin towers for the Cavs. Like, is Paul Reed really going to be able to slow those two down? I don't think so. So I'm taking the Cavs uh, on the road here. I think this number is fine, uh, especially with Cleveland having success on the road this year and also having success, su success covering on the road as well. So I'm laying it with the Cavs, minus three and a half. I'm not even thinking uh, a second thought about this. Yeah, situationally, the trends definitely agree with you. On the road this season, Cleveland, 17-8. and eight, Better record away from home than they do at home. They're 19-10 and 10 at home, uh, as opposed to that 17-8 and eight clip. And as favorites, they've been really good. 28-8 and eight as favorites overall this year. Meanwhile, you look at Philly, just 4-13 and 13 as underdogs this season. If they're getting points, it's usually a red flag. And on that same note... There's another game on the schedule tonight that should be a little red flag because the Bucs are getting points tonight. The Bucs are one of the better teams in the NBA. We know this. Even with their recent struggles, usually if they're getting points, 
there is a reason. The Bucks as underdogs this season are one and five. So this trend is at play tonight as the Bucks are visiting the T-Wolves. Uh, we've got the T-Wolves laying four points, four and a half in some places. I think I'm going to go with the T-Wolves here. I think one of the best parts of having the show is that you have a sounding board and people to ask about your favorite plays. Be like the T-Wolves here. I think this is a good spot for them, situationally speaking. And plus the T-Wolves are just a good team uh, overall. So, Kate, I'm going to ask you, what's the sabotage factor for my T-Wolves bet tonight? Uh, the sabotage factor is that the Wolves offense just doesn't show up because there's been times this this season that they just can't get into a rhythm offensively. They're so good defensively that that usually saves them. But if the Bucks kind of are hot and, and knock a ton down um, and are having a good night on the offensive end of the floor, the sabotage factor is that Minnesota can't keep up. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, I think Milwaukee still has a lot of things to work through, especially on the defensive end. And Doc Rivers just kind of spent the whole all-star break, like bashing his team and making excuses. Um, and, you know, it seems like the Bucks. I think they're going to be able to turn it around over this last little stretch, but it's not going to come in the first game back from the all-star break, uh, especially against a top team in the West that has been really good on their home floor. So I'd be comfortable laying the three and a half Chelsea. The only sabotage is if Minnesota's offense can't get going, but I think that's a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. I will say Milwaukee's calling card is certainly their offense. We know yeah. they don't play defense, but they are averaging 122 points per game. So maybe that's the sabotage factor. But situationally speaking, like you said, Minnesota incredible at home this season, 19 and five and 33 and 10 win favor so i will be taking the t-wolves as one of my favorite plays tonight okay so this is open-ended choose your own adventure where shall we go next because we haven't gotten to all of these games i want to make sure that you get your best reads in here so where are we going next what is your next favorite play on this slate tonight uh chelsea we talked about this one a little earlier in the show and i said we'll see if i can get there to actually want to bet it by the time mm -hmm. the show is over and i'm going to do it i'm gonna lay the 13 and a half with the charlotte Take. hornets tonight yeah against uh golden state i mean charlotte since the trade deadline they've won four straight games so i think they're gonna win this one no, I don't. But I think that they can cover this big number. They've held their opponents to under 108 points in each of those last four games. So their defense has picked up. Um, both of these teams are on a back-to-back. -back. I think that this is just simply too many points for uh, Golden State to be laying as good as Golden State has been lately. So give me the Charlotte Hornets in a disgusting play, but one that I kind <laughs> of like here. Well, it certainly is a lot of points, 12 and a half. I do think Golden State needs to simply win games, but they are coming off a of back-to-back, and maybe the foot comes off pedal. And the Hornets, like you said, have been pretty feisty lately, uh, covering some mm -hmm. numbers and actually winning some games. Here's an interesting one. Uh, we've got the Suns and the Rockets in Houston. The Suns come disappointing loss on the road to the Mavericks, but the Rockets... Uh, for, for betters have been pretty solid this year, at least at home. Uh, we've got Phoenix line three and a half total of two twenty nine and a half. Is there a side you like here or is there something you think better should know before betting on this game? 
I lean towards Phoenix. I don't feel like I have a great read on this game, and so I probably will not be betting it, but I would lean towards Phoenix. They just dropped in out of the playoff picture and into mm-hmm. the play-in picture, so they can't afford to lose games against teams like the Rockets because the Suns have the um, worst, the toughest, rather, uh, strength of schedule for the remainder of this season. They play, I believe it's like eight or 12 games against the top six teams in the league. So they know that they have to win these quote unquote easy games. No game is easy, especially when you're on the road and a back to back, but the Rockets are a team that Phoenix should beat. So I think we see a Phoenix team come out ready to go tonight. I would look at the Suns here, um, lay in the three and a half for the full game. I mean, maybe look at their first half numbers. I don't know off the top of my head how Phoenix has performed in the first half on the road this season, but after losing last night, I could see them coming out uh, on a hot start. And so maybe a first half line is also something you look at here. Yeah, because we talked about the drought that they've been suffering in the fourth quarter. Apparently the Suns have Mm -hmm. the least amount of points on average scored in the fourth quarter, which feels like a red flag if you are betting on the Suns in the postseason, uh, but something to keep your eye on. Uh, Let's see in the first half how the Phoenix Suns are doing. Uh, Not super great, but a winning record. 3 and 22 ATS, which is actually a decent clip. Uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, that one kind of confounds me as well. But we'll have our best bets coming your way in just a few mere minutes because we have saved our absolute best for last. Best bets are coming your way next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Stick with us. The final segment of our show is headed your way. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And we are back for... The final segment of today's show. It's a Friday and your best bets are coming up in just a few minutes. But first, uh, let's hear what's coming up next on BetQL Daily. It's John Martin, host on Jason and John from 92.9 ESPN in Memphis, joins the program. I would, Mem- I would imagine he talks a little Memphis Tigers basketball. I had to think, what's their mascot? um and memphis grizzlies but i used to swim a lot of swim meets at the memphis tigers pool uh back in the day and i was really good there like i had certain pools that i was really good at and i know this is in the weed swimming talk um but i have some fond memories there wow that was a long long time ago kate did you grow up playing sports i don't think i've ever asked you this yeah, I was a swimmer. Um, and I say I was a swimmer until like fourth grade, but I did like, you know, the club competitive swimming where you have mm-hmm. the meets, all that stuff. I went to state one year in the uh, 50 yard butterfly, Chelsea. Oh, um, I know. Swimming talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a, I, I could fly. Um, what were your, and then I played like literally everything else out of the sun. I played hockey. I played, baseball until I had to switch to softball and then I thought nope we're not doing that uh, I ran track and cross country 
I basketball was my main sport. Like in high school, I quit everything else to focus on basketball, played on the AAU circuits in the summer, all that jazz. So it was a, an active childhood for me in terms of sports, pretty much played everything except football because there wasn't football for girls back in the day. Yeah, I definitely played baseball too. And then I think my mom could sense that I had a like crush on the shortstop and she was like, all right, <laughs> it's time to switch to softball. Right, Things bad. are getting awkward. Because <laughs> I played second base. He was shortstop. You know, we had that little double play thing flirting, going. Flirting in yeah, the outfield. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. Like I liked playing every sport. I think it's good to try yeah. everything because we're doing that with my daughter now that we're doing gymnastics, which is one of like the first activities that are offered for like young kids. Like she's four. Yeah. I can tell she's not going to be a gymnast because she's <laughs> tall and like, I don't know, she's bigger. Like she's built like she's me. She's very like, tall athletic. for her age. Yeah. And like, that's not which a good is- thing for gymnasts. Like gymnasts are no. like four feet tall. So yeah. it's not going to be probably her future, but I do think it's good to try everything. And plus it helps with your like coordination and balance yeah. and like just body control so she likes it uh we'll see what she ends up doing uh, but let us get to the best part of our entire show we've saved our best for last ladies and gentlemen let's get to our best bets time to place your bets all right kate it's your second day in a row filling in for jinx so you know how it goes. You are the guest host. You get to go first, my friend. Who do you like today? I'm going to take the Cleveland Cavaliers minus three and a half on the road against the 76ers. Both these teams coming off of a loss last night. Uh, Cavs were without Donovan Mitchell. I'm hoping they can get him back tonight. He was out last night with an illness, but I just think this Cavs defense has been so good this season, and Philly's offense has been struggling so much without Joel Embiid. Offense goes stagnant. I don't think they're going to have the defense to uh, slow down uh, the two twin towers of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen for the Cavs. So I think this is a not an easy win for Cleveland, but one that they should uh, have a an okay time getting past even on the road minus three and a half for the Cavs my best bet yeah Cavs have been great on the road this season so I would be with you best bet for me is gonna be on the T-Wolves laying the three and a half the best number available is over at BetMGM so grab that three and a half if you do like Minnesota this is a situational spot when the Bucks who are underdogs in this game, are getting points. They have been god-awful. They're either 0-6 or 1-5. There is one game where the spread was really close, depending on where you got it, but still, the point stands. It is a huge red flag when one of the best teams in all of the NBA is getting points, and usually it has not gone in their favor. Plus, give some credit to the home team here. Minnesota has been fantastic in the spot, 19-5 straight up at home, and as favorites, 33 and 10. I think this is a spot where Minnesota takes advantage of a Milwaukee team that's kind of floundering. There was some comments over the break where Doc Rivers threw his team under the bus. So it just does not feel like a great time for Milwaukee. So let's go with the T-Wolves laying the three and a half. Now it's time to bring in the third member of our Best Bets crew, and that is the Magic 8-Ball. Let us gaze upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> All right, 8-Ball, we've got our best bets locked and loaded. Do you like them? Do you agree? 
All right, we'll start with Kate. Kate's taking the Cavs laying three and a half. Uh, do we like it? It is decidedly so. Let's go. That's Ooh, one for one. I like Let's it. Let's see if the the eight ball continues to be nice. Uh, I believe the eight ball agreed with both our best bets last night and both of those were winners. So let's keep it going. All right, I'm taking the T-Wolves minus three and a half uh, at home against the Bucks. It is certain. We like it. Woo! That is two for two, my Love friend. Eight ball. Woo, scorching hot for us. Uh, if you ever want to watch the show, just follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. Uh, so Kate, now if you have any other bets that you want to throw out there, I'm going to poke and prod you until you finally actually bet on the Hornets. You had great analysis yesterday. You were on the Hornets. You didn't make it one of your best bets. So today, are you going to be on the Hornets? I am 1,000% going to be on the Hornets tonight to Let's cover, go. not to win outright. Uh, but they added so many pieces at the trade deadline that help with their scoring, right? And help on the defensive end. They're not. They're still not a team that's going to be competitive in most games, but 13 and a half points when the Warriors are also on a back-to-back. -back. I know the Warriors are at home and, and Charlotte's had to travel, but we're also coming off an all-star break where – They've had, what, five, six days off. So fatigue shouldn't be too much of an issue. This is too many points. I'm taking Charlotte. I've also talked myself in within the last 15 minutes to taking the Suns minus three and a half against the Rockets, just knowing their strength of schedule coming up. This is a, a game that Phoenix needs to have. And Fred Van Fleet could potentially be out tonight. He's not ruled out as of now, but if he is out, this line's going to go up likely to four, maybe even four and a half. So I would grab the Suns now at minus three and a half. Ooh, a stacked card for Kate Constable in the NBA tonight. We're going to have a lot of bets going. Maybe I'll do a little same game parlay or, you know, a multiple game parlay. I feel like I only do same game parlays. Maybe we'll bet on like a lot of teams. I don't know. Let's make this Friday night interesting. All right. So as for the BetQL five-star best bet of the day, if you want insight, analysis, historical trends, and more five-star best bets, just download the BetQL app. Uh, they've got Princeton laying seven on the road at Harvard in college hoops and in the Hornets and Warriors game, taking the over 228 and a half. Kate, I feel like I have bet on Ivy League basketball like a couple times, but definitely not something I do frequently because that's normally like half the slate on a Friday night in college hoops. What is the most in the weeds college basketball game you've ever bet on? Like, I think for me, it's probably IUPUI or IPFW. Have you ever been a full-time degenerate and bet on one of these schools? Yes. And, like, uh, I've bet on IUPI multiple times. Um, Green Bay, they were terrible last year. I mean, Wright State, any of those smaller teams in those smaller <laughs> conferences. But that's where you get a lot of, like, an edge because the market's not as strong in those areas. It's focusing more on the, the Dukes, the UNCs, the Arizonas. And so – you oftentimes can get a better number on some of those smaller schools. So Chelsea, I love that you bet on Ivy League and all sorts of things like that. I think it's very smart. I think it's a true test of how much people are going to judge you. Like if you're like, yeah, I got a big bet on IUPUI basketball. And you're like, oh no, these people do not understand me. Move away slowly. All right. We've got Chris <laughs> Mack joining us from BetQL Daily up next. And we're going to hear what's coming up on the program. But I wanted to ask you this. This is the talker of the day. We have okay. been talking about the MLB uniforms and how they're kind of oh. see-through. And I have heard women say, ooh, 
Kind of. This is a good thing. You know, these hot baseball players and you see through their their pants. And I said, wait, so fat, wait a little bit, my friend, because you know who else has to wear these? The managers, these old wrinkly guys. This is who else you get to see in these uniforms. So I was going to ask you if there was any manager in any other sport, any coach that you would like to see wear like the team's uniform, because we were talking about like Jim Boeheim in a Syracuse uniform, like they don't do this in any, any other sport. So what is the one coach across any sport that you would like to see wearing the team's uniform? For laughs or for like actual, because like Dan yes. Campbell strutting out onto the sideline in a Lions jersey probably still looks like a jacked <laughs> human who would just literally, like he's claimed, bite your kneecaps off. Um, No, oh man. Like, wouldn't it be funny? Who's There's got to be some like offensive line coaches who, you know, they kind of waddle out there more than they walk out there. And in those tight football pants, that would be, that would be, it would be, it would be gross funny, I think. But we to, mentioned Andy Reid. I think that kind of fits yeah. the description. That's exactly what it is. Yep. With cheeseburger, cheeseburger belly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Oh, but to call these things kind of see through, Chelsea, I've seen less revealing stuff on OnlyFans. Like this is. <laughs> so you're on OnlyFans, huh? That's what you're doing? I got to go on the show. To, Thanks for having me. Head over to OnlyFans. Follow Chris Mack. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Oh, man. So I've gotten him in trouble. Okay. We'll hear what's coming up next on the show, I guess, instead of talking yeah, about okay. OnlyFans. What do you That's got for probably us? Better. That's probably better. Uh, college basketball bounce backs and building blocks. <laughs> Teams who won or lost big games earlier this season, can they bounce back or perhaps put some wins together in big games this weekend? John Martin. Uh, co-host of BetQLU going to join us in the final hour, and we're going to do an NL East preview as well. Plus, you know, big games in the NBA last night as the final stretch run got underway. So we'll break down all our bets, how they went, and what to expect over the weekend. Ooh, that was a good uh, uh, alliteration. What'd you say? Building blocks, and what was the other Bounce one? Bounce backs and building blocks. I love alliteration. Like I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big dork like that. Oh, I named my daughter a B name because, you know, our last name is Buchanan. My Mary name, Blake Buchanan. Got a lot of B's in there. So I'm with you, my friend. Yeah, that's what you want. A strong sounding name. All right. A strong sounding name. Chris Mack, thanks for joining us. That's going to do it for Friday's edition of the Daily Tip for me, for Kate Constable, for everybody here on the show. Have a fantastic weekend and best of luck. With all of your bets, we'll see you Monday, bright and early, 6 a.m. in the East. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.